This is Back of House News, where we cover the biggest restaurant and food service industry headlines. This week, we're checking in on the latest economic outlook once again with RelishWorks Director of Investments, Tyler Booth. Welcome back, Tyler. Thanks, Claudia, for having me. So we spoke a couple of times over the summer about expecting to see a really strong few months for restaurants, followed by a likely slowdown in the fall and the winter. I know we're just a little bit into fall here and the weather is still pretty nice, so it's probably too early to have a full assessment. But I'm curious if anything you've seen has maybe altered your original assessment. No, Claudia, I think, you know, most of the metrics that we're looking at are trending in the direction we anticipated, which unfortunately is not a good trend. You know, inflation numbers are still at, you know, unbelievable highs. Um, we did see sort of a plateauing happening yeah. later later this summer, but uh, the past numbers from August seem to have reversed that trend and get back to increases. But I, I think one of the biggest takeaways was our prediction of consumers putting going out to eat that has historically been a discretionary spend that has been sort of right elastic to economic factors, meaning that it, it is it goes up and down when the economy is strong and weak. The, our prediction of moving that into that consumers are moving that into a non-discretionary bucket, meaning that no matter what the economy is doing right now, People still want to socialize. They still want to go out to restaurants and be with family and be with friends. I think that prediction is holding up to being true. You know, restaurants still are quite busy. It's very difficult mm-hmm. to get a reservation at a number of favorite spots around, you know, city of Chicago where I live, but also other places in, you know, the Midwest and the Southeast region, Southwest. But I think it has even shocked me as to how resilient consumers have been in the face of some of these historic price increases. I would have thought with some of the numbers that have come out and how much interest rates have increased to stall some of that heat in the economy, consumers are you know, sort of using their wallets to, to tell society what they, what they value and they value going out to restaurants and they value going out and seeing friends and, and being social. I would have predicted that based on the numbers that I'm seeing from the economy, that consumers would have traded down faster than they have, Um, which I think is good news for the restaurant industry. I still think that we, our prediction will hold true that consumers, as the weather gets cooler, as fall sets in and winter really comes, you know, in November, December, January, I do think consumers will be visiting restaurants less. In trading down more. Um, but without a doubt, it's been a slower reaction, a slower decline mm-hmm. than I would have anticipated. And I know that the slumping stock market has been in the news a lot lately as well. And while that's not always a perfect predictor of some of this consumer spending, do you think the anxiety around the market could exacerbate the sort of belt tightening that we're already sort of anticipating, even if it's not fully? fully there. I think 100% right. I think if you look at consumers and they look at their budgets and they, you know, consumer sentiment is really powerful when it comes to consumers anticipating and doing activities, you know, in their, in their spending habits. Um, 
So if consumers think that inflation will still continue to occur, they will adjust their budgets accordingly. You know, I, I read a stat out there recently that food away from home costs on average about three and a half percent more than food at home, meaning that when you go out to a restaurant, you're anticipating spending three and a half times more for the same food that you could cook at home. And that's not extraordinary that, you know, restaurants have to pay bills, they have to, you know, pay their service staff and, you know, things like that. Um, and you have to tip and whatnot. But I think as something as visible of an indicator as the stock market is to consumers, if that is continuing to decline, I think that that drops consumer sentiment about where the economy is going, even though the stock market is not the best indicator of the health of the economy. I think it has a powerful hold on what the consumer feels. And if the consumer feels that times are getting worse, they are going to be pulling back on certain types of spending. Sure. So that all weighs into the equation. Now, going back to what I just said earlier, consumers have put going out to eat in a non-discretionary bucket. So will that stay in the non-discretionary bucket? Time will only tell. I think that consumers will slowly transition that into a discretionary expense where they'll be going out to restaurants less. But consumer sentiment will always look at the stock market first and foremost to be how am I feeling about the money that's in my wallet, right? Mm -hmm. That's interesting. And I also want to check in on inflation a little bit, which was such a huge topic this summer and continues to be an ongoing issue for everyone. Are some things beginning to normalize a little? For example, wasn't there a report projecting a big looming drop in chicken prices recently? Yeah, Claudia, it's, it's a good metric that we, we track as well. And it's very visible to consumers right now. You know, earlier this year in 2022, you had a just historic acceleration of inflation month over month. And that really put inflation in the headlines for consumers to see on a daily basis. That acceleration has begun to normalize. But going back to what I said before, we would have expected some declining in some of these high prices with where the Fed has been at and economic policy has been at in terms of trying to quell inflation. We would have thought that that would have had a, a, a more real effect on the inflation numbers. The part that is giving a lot of people and experts worry is because the typical tools that our government has to quell inflation have just sort of normalized it and not helped it decline. So if you look at our inflation numbers being somewhere, you know, close to the seven to 8% number, you know, typically we see a number of 2% year over year. And with how aggressive economic policy and fiscal policy has been um, to quell some inflation, you would have seen some declining in those numbers, but really what they're doing is just leveling off. They're just normalizing, they're just tempering, which I think is, cause some some uncertainty within consumers that if inflation stays as high it doesn't actually decline and just stays at this level this plateauing that could still really hurt consumers and their budgets and their wallets so i think you know in summary 
we're seeing a leveling off, but we're not seeing a decline, which I, I think we would have anticipated seeing a decline. So, so that mm-hmm. hasn't quite happened yet. And I think to your second point around chicken and, and some of the other types of food categories, inflation has been pretty pesky and has affected food categories quite differently. Um, you look at the price of eggs and poultry, you know, and things like that. You know, specifically the price of eggs has doubled over the past year. Um, and that's been due to a number of different factors and, and, and things like that. Um, but really the crux of the issue is that inflation was so high earlier in 2022 that it increased the prices of the feed that goes into the production of, you know, our food, raising animals and, and growing food, all of those inputs increased earlier in 2022. Now that food is coming to market now, and prices literally can't drop because it costs producers so much more to produce that food. So there's always a lagging period of as corn prices come down, as input prices, grain prices, those things start to come down. It still takes a couple months for the actual food that we see on our shelves and in our restaurants. It takes a while for that food to come down because the time it takes to raise that food uh, and grow that fruit food is months earlier. So mm-hmm. um, I think you're going to see sort of a yo-yoing effect a little bit at the category level for food prices. Um, so it's pretty hard to predict, but um, food is the prices of food is not coming down uh, in a way that we would have anticipated. Yeah, it sounds like it's not quite as easy as a lot of consumers may think it is. And it, there's a lot of complexity here as well. So. So I guess to close, I'm just curious, what are some of the indicators that you'll be watching in terms of monitoring how things are going to go within the industry over the next couple of quarters, let's say? You know, I think simply put, Claudia, we're going to continue looking at the areas where we know consumers have to spend. And those are, you know, Mm -hmm. things like gasoline and energy. Um, Those are things like food. Um, You know, we've seen gasoline and energy prices come down over the past couple of months, which has been good news. Um, you know, I think hopefully, fingers crossed, but gone are the days where, you know, we go to the pump and we see $5, you know, per gallon. Right, right. I think those prices have gone down. I think I looked at some data, the number is somewhere in the neighborhood of three and a half to $375 per gallon, which is trending in a good direction. Um, we know that consumers have to spend on gasoline. They have to spend on heating for their houses and, and utilities. Um, so we're con- going to continue to look at those numbers. We're also going to continue to look at food prices. And we know consumers have to eat. So they have to spend money on food. So we're going to mm-hmm. continue watching this difference between pricing for food at home, which is grocery stores and you know retail retail food prices and the pricing of food away from home, which would be consumers, what they spend at restaurants and eating out. That gap is something we're going to continue to monitor. The gap of right now we're seeing food at home pricing increase faster than food away from home. And that gap is something we're still going to continue to monitor. 
it is part of our thesis of why we think consumers are still going out to restaurants at such a robust pace this summer and into this early fall season. Um, socialization, as I mentioned, and getting out of the house after COVID, that's a heavy part of it, but also this gap of pricing being raised at a weaker pace in restaurants than it is in grocery stores is causing people, in my opinion, to say, you know, let's go out to eat tonight because it's not that much different in terms of, you know, expensive or, you know, how much it costs versus actually making food at home. Um, so I think those are the two areas we're going to continue to monitor really aggressively as it relates to restaurants and, you know, restaurant sales and, and demand in that area. Um, yeah, we have a couple other things we're going to look at, like unemployment numbers that we think are going to go up slightly as we get towards the end of the year. But, you know, those are really the things we're looking at and, and how they impact consumer sentiment and how they um, figure out what to spend their money on uh, as the months go on. Interesting stuff. Thanks so much for being here, Tyler. Thanks, Claudia, for having me back. That's all for this week, folks. Until next time, take care. Yeah.